Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. So great to be with you. Uh, this podcast is going to be released on Christmas Eve, so I realize many of you will be listening to this after Christmas, and that's great. But actually, I've held this theme, this message that you're going to hear today, uh, this podcast, for really this day, uh, because it's such a, a critically important truth that's shaped my life and leadership over many, many years. And it comes out of Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 41. It's about when Mary uh, receives news that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah. And she hurries to the house of Elizabeth, who's someone older, more mature. And she stays there for three months and she receives this support and encouragement. Basically, there's a space for her uh, to be with someone. She's not going to be struggling on her own with her own fears. And in this atmosphere of nurturing and hospitality and safety, you know, God, she's able to follow you know, this birthing of God inside of her. And, and uh, as God's birthing something in her, he's very much alive. Uh, God is very much birthing something in you and something in me through Jesus all the time. I mean, God's active and alive all around us. But, uh, you know, the, the glory of the gospel is because of he who died and rose from us, he actually lives inside of us. And, and, and he's continually birthing new things in us and, and through us. And, but so often we, we miss it. And uh, this whole process of discernment uh, is so critical. And the whole birthing process of any new thing God is doing uh, always requires some pain, a gestation period. And, and Mary's very much in this, as you'll see uh, in this message you're about to hear. She's got a lot of pain. But she also has God. It's foggy. She can't see. But it's in the space that's given to her with her relationship with Elizabeth that, you know, God comes forth in her. And actually, in, in this uh, message, I refer to a painting by a famous contemporary artist from China. And I don't know how to quite pronounce his name. Hu Qi. H-E-Q-I. He's from China. He's, he's a professor at a seminary there. And as a teenager during the Cultural Revolution, he was sent with his family to do hard labor uh, but he continued doing, you know, traditional Chinese folk art and along with some Western classical art. And, and so he did a painting called The Visitation, which I'm going to refer to in the sermon. Uh, it's very powerful and it's, it's, it takes the story of Mary and Elizabeth uh, that I refer to. And if you want to look at that, it's called The Visitation. Just Google it or you'll find it on the blog on our website at EmotionallyHealthy.org. Uh, but it's a great painting. And, and you'll see in the painting, Mary has her right arm protecting her stomach because she knows that something precious, a gift is inside of her. In the same way, God's birthing precious things inside of you. And, uh, you know, my history is just that uh, every time God's been birthing something new, it's been so important that I have spiritual companions with me, whether it's counselors, spiritual directors, friendships, godly friends, Jerry. Uh, and I've been so blessed. And I continue to seek out uh, folks who will hold that space as I wrestle with discerning what God is birthing in me along the way. And when I haven't had that spiritual companionship, uh, I get myself in big trouble. So we're dependent, yes, on God, uh, totally, absolutely dependent on him. But we also need other people. And this passage really is about that as Mary finds Elizabeth. And uh, Elizabeth, in the same way, she holds that space for Mary. And I I think in the same way, we are we hold the space for people we, we, run in, we, we are with. And and that God's birthing something in them, and we're very hopefully by God's grace safe, helping them discern, discern, hear God's voice, and whatever God's doing in them and through them, uh, to follow Him, to let that birthing come forth. And so, I want to invite you now to listen to a message I gave a couple of years ago at Christmas. It's called "Making Space for God," and uh, you know it's interesting. Even this podcast, uh, you know, as we end this year, 
2019. And I was told just a couple weeks ago that, you know, we're on track to have 1.4 million downloads of this podcast. I mean, I never would have expected that when we began a little over two years ago. Uh, and God is clearly do some, doing something in this podcast, and I'm seeking to respond to that birthing as well. Uh, and I want to encourage you as you have topics, you say, you know, Pete, I'd love to see a podcast on this. Like someone gave me the topic of my, what are your biggest regrets that became a top podcast? Or how do you know your ambition has crossed the line? Another topic for a future podcast. And so send it to info at emotionallyhealthy.org. Any topics you think would be worthy of a podcast around leadership, emotionally healthy leadership in particular, as that bring, comes to bear on our leadership. And I'll put it in the, in the queue and uh, wrestle and bring it before God about doing a podcast on it. So as we close this uh, 2019, let me invite you to, to, again, if you've never done it, take our assessment, uh, how emotionally mature are you? It's a 15-minute assessment. You get a sense of where you are, emotional infant, child, adolescent, or adult. Uh, and uh, you go to emotionallyhealthy.org slash mature uh, and get a sense of where you are. You know, you took it a couple of years ago, take it again. And then, you know, hopefully this year as we release new free resources, you can make some progress on your own maturity uh, so you can become a mother and father of the faith. So sit back, relax, and here's the message, making space for God. Enjoy. And so the more you think about it, that's why the, it's called the mystery of the incarnation, because the more you think and ponder Christmas, what it really means that God became one of us, the more staggering it is. That's why the older you get, the more profound this day is, that God became one of us. And it makes sense, as C.S. Lewis says, that this miracle is the foundation of all the others, including the resurrection. But that the God who knows no time, no space, eternity, God enters history, becomes, he enters time, he enters space, uh, in the restraints of a human lifespan. Think about the restraints of being a human being. So, and, and so he does this because God's passionate for us. We've been talking about this in the, in the last few weeks. God's, God's deeply in love with people, human beings. And, and so he's the God of the universe out there. But he also is the God who, who comes to us, and he comes to live inside of us. The great miracle of Christianity is this God of the universe has come and died for sin, risen from the dead, because his goal is to be so close to you that he wants to be in you. And he wants you in him. That's the incarnation. He that, that's, that's how relentlessly pursuing he is of you out of his love for you. That's how close he wants to be with you. He's the God of all, but he is also longing to be in you. So th this, this is the great stumbling block of Christianity and always has been to all world religions. And that today, our, our text is, is in Luke 1, verse 39 to, to 41, and, and it's, it's, it's a story of, of really Mary and Elizabeth. And Mary can be properly called the first Christian because she was the first to receive the living Jesus into her being. The living Jesus takes up residence in her womb. And uh, she, in a sense, you, you could, she, she's experiencing a new birth and becoming a Christian in her, and she's nurturing that birth. And so to become a Christian is called a new birth. It's Jesus coming inside of you and living inside of you, taking up residence. But the Christian life as well is a series of new births. That's why today's message is called Making Space for New Births. Because maybe today is your day to become a, have a new birth, but really the Christian life is a series. The journey is God in Christ is birthing new things in us all along the way if we are making space for them, if we are receiving them. So 
Uh, our text, is, and I want to read it, is Luke 1, 39 to 41, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 59. And that reads as follows. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, that's her cousin. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then down to verse 59, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then returned home. Okay, now, Mary may have preferred an ordinary, smooth sailing kind of a day. She may have preferred an ordinary, smooth engagement with Joseph. She may have preferred an ordinary, smooth family, an ordinary, smooth parenting experience of her children. But God showed up, interrupted her life, and birthed something in her. Okay, Jesus. And uh, God had something for her. In the same way, God has something for you, and you're here. God, God's birthing something in you. He, he's coming to you. He's coming to Mary. He's alive. He's, he's a living God. And, 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 you know, she's a teenager at this time, 14, 15, 16, maybe 17 years old. She's got an embarrassing pregnancy. People are talking about her, you know, slandering her, you know, who, who got her pregnant, you know, what's she doing behind closed doors. She's subject to stoning here. Her life's actually in danger. Uh, but you can imagine the kind of slander going on around her and, and being misunderstood and ostracized and feeling betrayed. But, but God had showed up in her life. God was doing something unbelievable in her. And uh, she receives the most famous interruption in history. But she's also receiving the most famous birth in history of Christ in her. And, and so this birth changed history. Now understand that if you will make space for the births in your life that God's doing, it will change not just you. It's going to change everybody around you. It's going to impact that's why it's so significant to make space for these births. And so what Mary does is something, here's the key. The key to making space is, is a phrase I want to give you this morning, and it's simply this. I'm going to call it spiritual companionship. Okay, spiritual companionship. Mary knows that if, this, if she's going to make space for this birth going on inside of her, that she needs a spiritual companion. She's not surrounded by spiritual companions. She's surrounded by criticism, ostracism, people speaking negatively. She's being misunderstood. People are wondering, she lost her mind. Who'd she have an affair with? What's going on here? But, but the key ingredient for Mary, and I, I'll be honest, I've never seen it with the clarity that I see it now. But the key ingredient for her to make space for this birth in her is this issue of spiritual companionship. It's unbelievable. The more you think about it, and uh, that, because God has structured our lives and, and, and the world in such a way that we cannot birth the things God is doing in us alone. You need other people. In particular, you need the right other people who can be companions. I'm going to call them spiritual companions on the journey. And uh, because we, we need people, and, and God made us that way. We're dependent, we're weak. And uh, most of you, like me, I don't like to rely on anybody, I'll just do it myself. I got the word, I'm going to march it forward. No, no, God set it up in such a way for these new things God's doing in you that you need spiritual companions. And so Mary, you know, she, it says in, in earlier in Luke 1 that she ponders things in her own heart. She, she's a ponderer. She, she's a thinker. She's reflective. She's got to walk with God. In fact, uh, she's saying, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you've said. In fact, she's just had this birth take place in the passage right before the one we read. But in verse 39, when she receives the news that you know, she's, she's, something's, being birthed, something's being birthed in her. 
Verse 39, she hurries to her spiritual companion, who in this case is her older cousin, Elizabeth. And uh, she's more, Elizabeth is more mature. Elizabeth's been down the road a bit. And she goes there for support because she's not getting a lot back there. She's going for encouragement. She's going for, she needs some space in her life to hear his voice and to get some perspective. But part of that is coming not just directly from God, it's coming through a person. God has structured life in such a way that if we're going to have the new births of God happen in our lives, we need this thing called spiritual companionship. If you're like me, I don't like to rely on people. I'd rather just do it myself. I can get a word from God, go my merry way. I don't like to be weak and dependent. But God has set up life and structured our lives in such a way that we need other people. In particular, I'm going to call them here spiritual companions that can enable us to have a safe place and the encouragement and the support that this birthing of God, what he's doing in our lives, might come forth. And uh, she hurries to that void, to Elizabeth's house to receive that. So Mary's in pain. Now, she sings this chapter one, but she's also struggling. I mean, she's also in a fog, like, what does this mean? I mean, it says she ponders these things in her heart. She's surrendering to the Lord. I'm the Lord's servant. But when God's birthing something in us, it's often painful. It's often confusing. We wonder what's going on because when God's birthing something in our lives, there is what's called a gestation period. It doesn't just happen like tomorrow. Sometimes it takes months, Mary's case, nine months. Uh, and then it's years following that as this Jesus is coming forth. But in our lives, it can be months, it can be years where we're nurturing and holding something God's doing in us but we're not sure what it is, but something new is coming forth that's transforming us. But it's this long period of waiting, and God knows for that thing to be nurtured, and this was a great revelation to me in this text, is that we need to find Elizabeths. We're going to call them spiritual companions for the journey. Uh, so we make it in the process. Now, for today's message, I want to show you a painting. This painting is by a, Chinese, a famous Chinese uh, contemporary artist. Now, if I can say it right, Hu Qi is how he pronounced his name. He's actually a professor at a seminary in China, became a Christian after the Cultural Revolution in the 60s and early 70s. And his art is very unique because it combines traditional Chinese folk art with Western classical art. And, and this is his rendition of the story we just read of Mary going to Elizabeth's house. So, so you'll notice, for example, uh, you know, on the painting, you'll notice there, there's, you know, here's Elizabeth, and uh, you know, she's looking down. Here's Mary. Mary is, is very present because something's being birthed inside of her, and she's pondering it, but she's gone to Elizabeth for you know, encouragement, for safety. She needs space to be able to receive and prepare for what's coming in her life. It's just, a, it's just a fascinating painting. Here's Elizabeth holding her hand. And Elizabeth, whatever she was doing, she's carrying, you'll notice, a, a, a water jug because she was in the middle of doing something, some kind of work. But as Mary entered her life, she stops. And she's still. And she's present with Mary, not as the authority, but she's accompanying her to, as Mary is seeking to listen to God and receive the new thing God is doing in her. 
I love the fact that Mary has her hand on her womb, on her stomach. You see that? Because Mary knows there's a precious gift in here. Her whole life may be being turned upside down, just like maybe your life is being turned upside down right now. But Mary knows God's doing something here. And she's had her hand on her womb there. And so I want to invite you today, whatever's happening in your life, that you, in a sense, put your hand on your womb so you can receive and make space for the things that God's birthing in you. Now, I suspect most of you are like me. God's birthing things in me, but very often it comes with pain. I don't like pain. And so I generally avoid it or don't even recognize it. I'm unaware of it. I, I got my next project in mind or my, or my next goal. And, you know, I got in the elevator this past week in, a, in a Manhattan, and there was five people on the elevator with me. Four of the people were texting or doing email on the phone. The other was a mom who was yelling at her teenage son for being on the phone. But I said to myself, this is the world in which we live in. There, there, there's just there's so much coming at us with voices and activity and stimulation. It's very hard to stop and be still like Mary is in this painting and to make space for the new births of God. And so it's very easy to have a, 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 a early uh, miscarriage or we reject the new births or we ignore the new births or we abort the new births because if you're like me, I don't like change. I like control. I like things going a certain way. But imagine if Mary never went to see her cousin Elizabeth for spiritual companionship. Imagine if she just stayed in her little village, hearing all the negativity, wondering, am I crazy? Trying to see her way through the fog. Or imagine if Mary went to somebody and she got wrong counsel or bad counsel. Have you ever got bad advice from somebody? Did you ever take bad advice from somebody and years later say, why did I listen to that bum? <laughs> or imagine she went to somebody, Mary, and they, and they discourage her, say, you know what, Mary, you're hearing voices. That was not an angel. That was a hallucination. That was a bad dream. Or, you know what, don't go to synagogue. Don't go to church anymore. God's not really with you. God's wrecking your life, you know. But you know, some of you know the story of Solomon's son. When Solomon's son took over the kingship, he got good counsel and he got bad counsel. The problem with his son, he took the bad counsel. And he divided a whole kingdom. You see, Scripture teaches in Proverbs, he who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm, Proverbs 13, 20. And uh, it's amazing, you know, foolish friends, it's amazing how many people who lo whose lives are not going well can point back to a time they listened to a fool and are sorry they did it. And so here's Mary. She's, she's going to so a spiritual companion who's also attuned to God, who's attentive. A few weeks ago, I was in a home of a, of a young couple in their mid-30s, and I knew them, and the wife, a lovely home. Uh, actually, the husband's got an excellent uh, profession, doing quite well. They live in a town that's considered the most uh, family-friendly town in the United States, uh, you know, doing well financially, two lovely children, in a great church, spiritually, you know, we're doing well. And about a year ago, uh, she found a little lump on her breast, and within two weeks, she was in surgery, radical surgery. And for the last year, which had just ended, uh, you know, about a month ago, she has been in, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, multiple surgeries, and her life that was so in control and, and ordered 
just was turned upside down. And so I was there at their home, and we were talking about uh, emotional health, spirituality, genogram, and in that conversation, she, she just began to open up. And she, she looks great now, and you know, very together, and all of a sudden, she, she began to just talk about, she goes, you know, Pete, my, my whole life, my whole sense of myself has been ripped apart. And I feel like God is trying to put me back together. And she talked about how she was beginning to, to see someone, a, a counselor. And she goes, you know, I'm beginning to feel deeply things I, I never used to feel before. Things I thought were so important are really so insignificant now. And she started, to, and I just started asking her questions like, you know, what else, you know, what else is happening in your life? And she said, you know, I find myself drawn to people with cancer especially terminal cancer, especially children. And just I've been talking about that, and just actually I'm finding myself drawn to all kinds of marginalized people and folks who are kind of on the, on the outskirts of, of society. And she goes, I would never have dreamed this was going to happen to me, but it's like a pull going on inside of me. And, and she said, you know, even my own marriage, I feel like there's something else that should be happening. And her husband, her husband's not getting nervous, you know, because she's changing. And she goes, I feel like our, our children as well, I just... I don't, and she was, she's, in, she's in a fog because it just ended about a month ago and she's, she's coming into something, but she's confused as to what is this birthing going on inside of her. And it's just so interesting. I just happened to be there and probably for about 30 minutes, I just was asking her questions and, and was listening to her. And, 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 and I, I said, you know, it's almost like you had a, your life was going along so perfectly and it was like a Scud missile came in and just blew it up as I knew it. She goes, that's exactly what happened. And just, but I think, and she said, I think God's trying to do something here. And all I did was affirm her and say, absolutely. I said, in the midst of that tragedy is God. And I said, he's birthing something in you. And her lies just, eyes just lit up. And what was so amazing was I did so little. Because I sure didn't know what God was doing in her. But it was very clear for me on the outside that what was happening in her life was magnificent. And she was going on to a journey of a new birth in a way that she never dreamed otherwise. Some of you are in the exact same place today. God's trying to birth something in you, sometimes through difficult external circumstances or, or relationships, but it's through speaking and finding a spiritual companion when you actually begin to articulate it, it becomes clearer to you. The birthing begins to take another level. I think we underestimate what it means for something of God to be birthed in us. Do you understand? Most of us, we're entrenched. We're stuck. We're not going to change. We've got, some of us, generations upon generations, the way our family does things, the way our culture does things. And here's God coming in your life in Jesus, invading, wanting to birth something new. But friends, and when that birthing if we allow it to come forth, if we make space for it, it impacts not just your life, it impacts everybody around you. Like Mary's birth of Jesus being birthed through it had reverberations. Do you understand? We're still enjoying the fruit of it today. And if you will allow and make space for Jesus to be birthed in you anew, everybody around you gets impacted and it's just transformed. Listen, there are... We mostly think of God birthing something in us or something new happening in us, Jesus coming through as, oh, yeah, a new relationship or a new job or a new insight or a new career. But you know what? 
That's really not what he's birthing primarily. The primary birthing of Jesus in your life is to transform your person. Who you are. A person that you and I be transformed to a person who's, here's some of my adjectives, loving. That you're actually like Elizabeth in this painting. You are so non-judgmental that you're so safe for everybody that people just want to be in your presence. You're soft. You're approachable. Gentle. You're kind. You're, you're content, regardless of externally what's going on inside of you. Friends, this is deep birthing of Jesus in us. And as that happens, and we move out into, whether it's our, with our spouse or friends or, or relationships at work, something's being birthed. But it happens deep, deep on the inside of us and goes outside. A transformed life will touch other people. As I reflected on this passage and on this painting, and I have been for a while, I realized that every positive new birth of Jesus, and I've had many over my decades of following Christ, I'm in one right now. Every single time when there has been something of Jesus coming forth new in my life, it has been because God has brought a spiritual companion or companions into my life to help me get perspective because I can't see it when I'm in it. Like many of you can't see. I don't know where Jesus is in all this. I can't see anything positive coming from it. It's been such a long time. And he's brought to me people, some were just friends, spiritual friends. Others were mentors. Others were counselor therapists. Others were spiritual directors. Jerry has probably been one of my greatest spiritual companions along the journey. But I realized that I wouldn't be here today. New Life Fellowship wouldn't exist today, that I'm deeply blessed now, when I haven't sought out those spiritual companions, I've lost a few births and had to go back to go all over again. And I've made some bad decisions and gotten in some big trouble. But God has set life up in such a way that you and I, like Mary, we need spiritual companions. And we've got to pray for them and seek them. And I had someone say to me, Pete, I figured you wouldn't need that anymore, that you were so plugged into God. If God gave you a revelation, you were just on your way. No. <laughs> I don't think so. And it sure wasn't for Mary. So some of you, as you enter 2012, I want to invite you, as you go into the new year, to pray that God would bring you an Elizabeth in whatever form that might take. It may be a friend, it may be a small group member, Someone who can help you attend and listen to the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life and what God is birthing. Because God's got a purpose in you. God's got a purpose through you. You know, I, I, I remember his ever faithful, his furious love. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, in some ways, is the great Christmas verse of the incarnation. And that's this. Jesus is alive, everybody. And he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? When you become a Christian, you receive Jesus inside of you. And friends, he's alive and he's doing new things. And every one of you in this room, you may not even know Christ, but he's doing a thing around you and seeking to get in you. And it's springing up and he's saying, do you not perceive it? And we want to be attentive, you know, to those births. 
The more attentive you are to your own birthing of what Jesus is doing in you, the more you're going to be like an Elizabeth for other people. And I'm going to close with a little application of this, a second application. Not just that you would seek companions, and I need to seek spiritual companions and pray for them, but that you would be an Elizabeth. You would be someone who makes space for others, that they can share their stories. If you read Luke chapter 1, there's a fascinating insight in this. Elizabeth gets pregnant first. Remember that with her, with her husband, Zachariah. She's older. At that point, it was humanly impossible. But after she gets pregnant, Christ is birthing something in Elizabeth. What she, if she does in verse 24 and 25, she recognizes it's God doing something in her, and she goes for five months in seclusion. Five months alone to nurture and be still before what God's doing in her. So she's been attending and making space for the new births in herself. And it's out of that place that she's able to now be for Mary. I love this painting because she's just there for Mary, you know, present for her. And she stops what she's doing. And the rest of the world stands still and her focus is Mary. She lays aside all of her preoccupations. And uh, so what I want to do is I want to invite you this Christmas and this next few days, maybe the next 48 hours, that you would find somebody that you can be an Elizabeth to. You can, you can basically say, what's happening in your life? What's going on? And maybe they don't even see God, but you're going to listen to them and just be a companion with them. And if you're a parent with children, what an opportunity just to, to be present with your kids like Elizabeth was here for Mary. Um, and again, just being for support, encouragement, not to fix anybody. If you've got family you're going to be with today or tomorrow, with somebody in your family, with a friend that you may be with over a meal, or maybe a person you recently met, or even downstairs and you have coffee and a bagel afterwards, you may end up in a conversation with someone. Now listen, you, don't, you can't listen to everybody's story. You'll be dead, all right? You'll hate people by the end of the week. <laughs> you know, we have limits. You'll be burnt out. It's humanly impossible. But the question is, whose story are you supposed to listen to? You know, who is someone that God's put in your life that, like Elizabeth, you can invite them to share their story of, hey, what's impacting you right now? Like, what's, what's happening in your life? But you're listening, tuning into what God's doing in, their, in them. I mean, really, our role at New Life Fellowship, what's the role of New Life? Our, our role at New Life is, is that you're on a journey and Jesus is birthing stuff in you. It really is that we're creating companions for each other, that we're listening to his voice as he's birthing something new in us, and excluding the false voices or the negative voices or the hate voices that are coming our way. This, listen, listening to people's stories is probably one of the most important spiritual practices for us to all be engaged in. After, of course, we listen to our own story and Christ birthing in us. This past week, we, we looked at a painting our, our, our church staff called The Census. And it's, it's a picture of Jesus and Mary and Joseph trying to get to the inn, but the inn is full. And nobody even notices that they're there uh, at the inn. And on the way home, Jerry and I were talking about the painting. We said, how could anybody even know that God was doing something miraculous in Mary and Joseph and, and, and God was being birthed in the world through them? And it just hit us. Oh, of course. The only way you could have known is if you asked them your, their story. Like, hey, Mary and Joseph, what are you doing here nine months pregnant traveling? What's happening? And once, they listen, once you listen to their story, you realize, oh my goodness, God's doing something. When you listen to other people's stories, God comes to you. 
he speaks to you and you realize, oh my goodness, I, I, I did this this past week with a friend in California. I realized after I got off the phone with him that God spoke to me through his story. And his story was filled with pain. It was interesting. But some of the things that he was learning and realizing were so pertinent to my life that I had to note them uh, myself. So here we are, Elizabeth and Mary. And as Mary was listening, as, Mar- as Elizabeth was listening to Mary, something leaped up inside of her. Something came alive. So I want to invite the worship team to come on forward. And I want us to do a little exercise together. The ancient world of Jesus and ancient Judaism for thousands of years is very different than our world today. God wasn't just like a big buddy. There was a sense where, you know, a relationship with God was not a casual affair. If God's doing something, there was something of like Moses took off his shoes, this is holy ground. Well, throughout the Old Testament in Judaism, God, the creator of the universe, when he's birthing and doing something, people took off their shoes. That's why you look in the tabernacle in the temple. There was all these elaborate ceremonies to come to God and listen to God, how you were to walk, where you were to walk, what candles you were to light, because there was a sense of, this is so unbelievable, I don't want to miss what God is doing. Well, in the same way, I want to invite you today as we close to, to say, wow, what is God birthing in me? This is, this is something holy. This is something far-reaching. This is something magnificent God's got for your life. And it may be a time to persevere. It may be a time to root up. It may be a time to stick with things. It may be a time to let go. It may be a time to embrace something new. But uh, as the worship team's here, I'm going to invite you, first of all, to put your hand on your stomach or your, as if it's a womb, okay? And because God is seeking to birth something in you through Jesus. God is not just out there all around us filling the world with his presence. He's in here. When you receive Jesus Christ, he's in here. That's how close God wants to be with you. And this alive Jesus is birthing new things. And so I want you to just think of the birthing process. Nine months, a baby's in a womb, gestation. In the same way, this gestation process of God doing something in you could be not just three, six, nine months. Some of you, as someone said to me first service, I'm in my third year of something going on here. Someone said to me, I'm in my fifth year. The longer the gestation of that waiting, the larger the birth, friends. The greater thing that's happening, if you will stay with it and hold it. And then in the process, finding some spiritual companions that have no self-interest in you going in any direction, but their only interest is that you would listen to God and you'll let him birth out of you whatever is coming forth. Friends, that's a spiritual companion. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes with your hand on your womb there or stomach. And I want you just to pray and say, Lord, whatever you're birthing in me, O oh Lord, I say to like Mary, yes, Lord, I am your servant. May it come forth. Transform me, Lord, deeply. Form Jesus Christ in me. And just be with whatever Jesus is birthing inside of you.
right now. And just say, yes, Lord. Yes. And now ask the Lord who might be or what kind of spiritual companion might I need right now? Maybe a spiritual director, a friend, a mentor, a coach, a small group friend, the counselor. And ask the Lord, who might be the right kind of person that might be a spiritual companion for you now to nurture the, the thing that Jesus is birthing inside of you? And guide us, Lord, I pray. And then finally, who is someone in the next one or two days that you can hold their hand like Elizabeth holds Mary's hand and you can listen to their story, that you can listen to God inside of them, say, what's happening in your life right now? And you can just be present and attentive to the Spirit moving in their lives. You can give that gift to someone this Christmas. And so, Lord, I pray that all of us in this room, we may make space for the births that you're doing inside of us. And, Lord, may you grant to us spiritual companions, each one of us in this room. And may you mature us into being companions for other people as well. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's all stand together. Amen, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much. As we close here. Uh, We've got some prayer teams to your left as well as the the, the communion table. And we invite you as we close, I'll speak a blessing in just a few seconds, uh, to take communion. And communion is about taking Jesus in. You'll take the bread, you'll dip it in the cup. And uh, it's communing with him in a deep sense of, again, his birthing in our lives to come forth out into the world. We've got some prayer teams as well up here. And uh, it's spiritual companionship. And we believe at New Life Fellowship, that prayer is more powerful than any atomic weapon the world could ever develop. There's nothing more powerful than prayer to clear fog and give direction. So you may be here confused about where am I going? And so today maybe you just come forward. Say, I want Jesus to birth something in me, and I want a companion to pray for me and stand with me. As you come, just don't rush out of here. Your family can wait for you downstairs with some bagels and coffee and tea. All right? So I invite you, if you'd like, to receive a blessing. Open up your hands up towards heaven. And just, you know, close your eyes before God and just receive a blessing from God as he looks at you and he loves you. And he relentlessly pursues you. And just allow uh, the reality of God smiling at you. And his love pouring out to you like a Niagara Falls right now. And as he's birthing in you his life, seeking to set you free, make you whole, become the woman, the man he's called you to be. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may God flood you with his life. And may you feel his life inside of yours. And may he cleanse and burn out of you all that does not belong to him. 
And may His love and His softness, His beauty and His loveliness be birthed in you. And may you be changed deeply and widely from the inside out that your face might shine with a piece of glory as you leave this place. And may people touch you, maybe they touch a piece of Jesus. So be blessed as you go, and may he lead you to wonderful spiritual companions. And may you become one as well, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless everyone. Merry Christmas to you.